everyone. I want to thank you so much for tuning in to another uh, Bible study here at One Love Live and Love Walk. Thank you so much for joining me. I pray that you are well. Today we're going to um, have a really interesting discussion. As you guys know, we come together to read in the Word of God so that we can practically apply it and of course to accomplish the purpose of our lives. And I want to talk about this um, because I think this is a really fascinating discussion. I've always found it very fascinating um, as a young person. And um, I think this is a great letters to God's, you know, addition, where this is a question we've always asked about. And I've heard so many people uh, speak on this. It's been really exciting and interesting to hear people, um, you know, sort of comment about this. And so I want us to really look into the scripture and see what the Bible says. So if you can do me a favor, go ahead and grab your Bible. Let's go ahead and go into the word of God. Okay, so um, I want us, we have been studying purpose, and so uh, this really isn't uh, any different than that. I just want to put this in before we read um, our anchor text. Um, I want to say that we are still, um, you know, studying purpose, and I think this really ties into it. I think this will really be helpful, regardless of whether you are a woman or a man, or whether you know your purpose or you do not. And so um, I'm just going to read Ephesians chapter 4. And um, I think this is um, chapter, um, I think this is number 14, but let's go ahead and read. And uh, this is actually where I want to pick up. It said, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And that's actually where I want to stop because this is actually uh, something that I think is really important for us as believers if we are going to tackle this subject. And so what I want to do is to remind you that God is asking us to use our callings and our gifts to perfect or mature individually to edify the body of Christ and of course to go out and to reach the lost. And so I think these are three areas that are important for us to know what it is that we are supposed to do um, regardless of where you come from, who you are, what your race is, what whether you're a man or woman, child or adult, is to understand those are the purposes behind it. Um, and we are to accomplish his purpose. So what I want us to do is to really look at what it says about women and really look at what it says about what we are doing in the body of Christ. challenge you to look at the body of Christ of believers in the New Testament as we are now. I want to challenge you to look at it from God's perspective and not from the older perspective of a clergy and a a laity, that we are all working together as a body to help feed and to nurture and to edify and build up each other 
for that work of ministry to reach out to the lost. Um, So I want you to think of it sort of organically, okay? The Spirit works the will of God in all believers. I want you to think about it like that, that it's working kind of like a guidance system for us all. And so that means we're all being led. And this is where understanding why or if or whether a woman can be a pastor or not, you know, should preach or teach or whatever it is that um, we have, you know, kind of uh, believed throughout the years. And and this is what I want to say is that, you know, let's say, you know, I was over some sort of church or whatever, you know, I would never just appoint anyone as a prophet unless I had some sort of, you know, edict or something from God. I wouldn't just look in there and say, well, you know what, I'm going to appoint you as a prophet or something like that. But I think we need to understand that sometimes we make that mistake when we gladly appoint pastors as if it's a role that you can study for, like you can go to church, I'm sorry, you can go to seminary or you can go to someone's school somewhere and you can study for it. You can't study to become a prophet. You're You're either a prophet or you're not. And that's by the grace of God. It has nothing to do with what you do. You can study to get better at it, but you can't study to become a prophet. And these are, you know, what the New Testament refers to as callings, a prophet, a pastor, a teacher, an evangelist. Therefore, the verse is often used um, to kind of um, say that, you know, these people are set aside for it. And I'm not saying that you can't, there isn't this idea of laying on hands to receive gifts, but what I am saying is that even if there is a laying on of hands, you have to, and you best believe that it can only function through the work of God and his will in, in the Holy Spirit. So we have to really look at what we're saying, what we're doing. And I think that first Timothy chapter two, verse 12, um, has been misapplied about preachers and pastors. It's just been misapplied. And I think that we have all kind of made that mistake. And I believe that there are well-meaning men pastors who have made this error and they made it because they often do not study the Bible as diligently as they probably should, or they sort of lazily follow the established doctrines, which in some cases is just hearsay. And I don't say this to vilify anyone because I too have made a mistake of adopting a doctrine um, that I have not really found backed up in scripture, but I just adopted it because like I said before, sometimes we learn these things from others. And I can candidly say to you, and and no shame at all in saying that, in doing this, in just sort of, you know, swallowing a doctrine whole without actually examining it, I can tell you honestly, it has caused me tremendous pain and suffering. I'm not even going to lie. I'm not even (laughs) going to pretend like, it's true. You know, the times that I've just, you know, I'm just going to accept it as it is. It causes me a lot of trouble. I have to go back and just look at it. And then I change the way I live my life. So I think that it is only through intensive study that, you know, you can begin to see the error. And that's really what has happened sometimes and a lot of times for me. So it's possible to mean well and to make an error. You know, the scripture said that no man who teaches is without a mistake, 
And this is why I like to back things up with scripture and when I'm wrong, correct it and apologize because sometimes, you know, we make mistakes. And what I can say is that the mistakes that others have made in certain doctrines that I have just wholeheartedly swallowed has caused me a lot of pain and suffering. And, um, you know, they'll never know, you know, unless I tell them. Um, but, you know, it has. And because I began to study the Word of God and understand the truth, then it has helped me uh, not to make that. But it is important to understand that we can't just swallow certain doctrines as true. So I want to point out that if Paul was saying that he doesn't allow a woman to preach in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 12, then I think we're missing the context here. So let's look at 1 Timothy 2, verse 12. It says, But I suffer not a woman to teach, nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. And so it suggests that he's saying that we quench the Holy Spirit. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and 19, it says not to. You know, and it seems that he's saying to quench it in believing women. And this is unbiblical. And it belies that more than likely Paul was speaking about something specific. Because simply by virtue of the calling of God being directed by the Spirit and not man, to do so would be error. And we know that Paul was much too fastidious a teacher of the word to make that kind of simple error. It's likely he was speaking in context about respecting the traditions in a particular place. Remember that he said he became all things to all men so that he might win some in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 19 to 22. And I'll read it right now. For though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all, that I might gain the more. And unto the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might gain the Jews to them that... Uh, are under the law as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law, to them that are without the law as without the law, being not without law to God, but under the law to Christ, that I might gain them that are without law. To the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. I I am made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. And this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be partakers thereof with you. So if Paul had been made free of all men, which is what she said, he literally said, I have been made free of all men, so to have women, okay? God didn't say he wouldn't only make men free from the law and sin, but all. So if Paul had a sister, let's say she, her name was Paulette, she too would be able to say this. And all of us in Christ may repeat this exact same mantra. Our adherence to worldly laws and customs has nothing to do with us actually believing that we do wrong if we don't. So essentially, you know, if I adhere to a law somewhere, it's not because I feel like it's wrong to do it. I do it because I know that it is respecting authority, not because I feel like it has some moral authority over me. So I think that you know, when we look in the scriptures, we can actually see that we do it to respect authority and to by all means win some, okay? Remember, David and his men, they ate the showbread, and also Jesus was healing people on the Sabbath. These are great examples of the real freedom that we have in Christ. You see, not only does the law of love 
bring you to a higher law and you have, you know, you have to really examine your heart and your motives, it makes you more free too. And so this is likely what Paul is saying and getting at, given the particular environment he was in at the time and the context of the scriptures. I believe if we read in context, we see that is exactly what Paul is saying. And we can start at 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, and we're going to read until 4. He writes, I exhort you, therefore, that first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for the king and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. I want you to notice that in verse 1, he says, prayer to be given for all men. And so this shows that he's talking about our conduct with those outside of the faith. And then we go down into verse 2, he talks about how we should conduct a peaceable life. He's telling them to live in line with whatever culture or laws or whatever they find themselves not causing a ruckus by doing things that may confuse people. So does this mean that you can fly, you can, you have to do every law if it's a wrong, obviously if it's a wrong law? No. For instance, with, you know, Daniel in the lion's den, you know, he couldn't follow that law of worshiping that evil God. So it's really important for us to understand that, you know, if it's not going against God's word, it's not going to hurt us, then we're supposed to try to act in such a way that we are not confusing people we're not causing some sort of stir unnecessarily and that we are able to win some. So back in those times, there was a very strong misogynistic culture and in some parts of the world that still exists. And Paul was saying the equivalent of, if you go to a kingdom where women cover their heads, cover yours. Or if you're a man and they wear beards, then grow a beard. He tries to give this context so that people understand that by, you know, sort of, um, doing this, you sort of help yourself or help the gospel to be able to be received. Okay. And he even talks about how, you know, man was created and woman was created so that, you know, so that the people that he is preaching to, that he's talking to, that he's advising, you know, don't remonstrate and say, Hey, you know, we're not under the law anymore. He says, yes, I know we're not, but we're doing this. And there's even a context for it, you know, in these different places, but he's not saying that you actually quench the spirit and tell this woman who is called by God to be a pastor that she can't be a pastor. I want you to notice also that um, in verse four, he said he becomes even more detailed using similar language. Okay. And so um, we're going to read first Corinthians chapter nine, verse 19 to 21. He says, for though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all that I might gain the more. And so rather than read down to 21, since we read it already, um, what I want to pull out of that is the important part that you nor I, okay, nor Paul can allow or disallow the calling of God in someone's life. What we do is we modify certain things, not against the word of God, but so that we can win some, okay? 
we are not disallowing the calling in someone's life. We can't do it. And I fear if we try, I can't do it. You know what I mean? We have to be careful about telling people that they need authorization from us. You don't need authorization from me, okay? Or any pastor or, you know, elder or whatever. Because you see, people really don't, okay? You know, Paul isn't telling them to quench the spirit. He's saying be wise in culture and society. It's kind of like saying when in Rome, do as the Romans. If the Romans are sacrificing humans, you know, are you going to sacrifice humans? No, you're not going to do it because it goes against the word of God. But if Romans are wearing sandals, are you going to wear sandals? Maybe. That is what he's asking us to do. And you see, what they need from us is in terms of you know believers growing in their calling whatever it may be what what we need to do what we need to provide is edification support correction for error and a holy example fellowship and even prayer so even at our most influential office as a bishop or an elder we are still not qualified to allow or disallow a god appointed calling or gift you nor I have that authority. God has not given us that authority. If then callings are from God and for the edifying of the church and the work of the ministry, we cannot forbid anyone, male or female, not to preach, teach, prophesy, evangelize, or be apostles. We simply don't have the authority, and such is nowhere mentioned in the scriptures. If you take anything else from this study, is know that callings are of and for and by God. No man can determine if or when you should do it. We can help mentor, and that's kind of what he was doing in that passage. You know, we can be a, create discipleship, we can edify, we can pray, but that's about it. We use our gifts and callings to make other gifts and callings better and more effective for the work of ministry and the building up of the body of Christ. So if these are callings, if being a pastor or being a teacher or being an evangelist or a prophet is a calling, then we really can't forbid anyone to do that at all like there's no way we can do it it's not that you're not physically able to do it like i said you know there's some you know doctrines and theology that i kind of just swallowed whole and so it's possible you can do it but you'd be in error doing it you know and if the person or people under you didn't know then they would just suffer kind of like the way i have in the past suffered under things that were not biblical and that is why it's important for us to really read the bible really find out what it says because if you really read the bible it would be pretty clear to see like no yeah you can't really if 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 you really can't tell someone they can't be a pastor because it's a calling so he's you can't tell someone not to teach because it's a calling it's not it doesn't say these are callings only for men we see in the bible there were some you know sisters who were prophets and they were prophesying so we know that this is an actual gift this is a calling that you can have it still remains to this day so we can't forbid people to walk in their purpose or in their calling and if we know that callings and purposes are from God, then we know that we don't have any jurisdiction on how or where or, you know, 
when they can do it. What we can do, we can offer insight, we can offer wisdom. And that's what Paul was doing there when he says, I do not allow a woman to teach. He's saying, you know, in this situation, pull back. There are different things that we can do so that we can win some. Because some people aren't going to understand. It's kind of like that uh, parable that he makes about eating meat. He says, if my brother can't eat meat, then I won't eat it. He's not saying that he doesn't have the liberty to eat it. He's not saying that you shouldn't eat meat. <laughs> this isn't you know, a push for you to be a vegetarian. He's not saying that. What he's saying is, is that we're trying to win people. We're doing things to help, to not be a stumbling block in their lives. And so if you understand this, you'll know that you cannot stop the calling of God. You cannot tell people they cannot operate in their gifts and in the callings that God has put upon them. So the question, can a woman be a pastor? If she's called by God to be a pastor, we cannot stop her. If a woman, can a woman teach? If God gives her the gift to teach, we cannot stop her. You know what I mean? Maybe she may not be able to do it in a society that, you know, I don't know, chops women's head off. Or maybe she might do it in that society, depending on what God wants. But even if that's the case, you know, we might offer her wisdom as Paul does. You know, Paul isn't going to. Paul, in many of these conversations, Paul is offering guidance for those specific situations. He was a very wise man and he knew a lot of scripture. And so he was able to help people in specific situations. So we can use this. Once again, this is not canon or scripture that we get to throw out. We can use this and apply this in our own lives and in different places and settings and situations. You know, if you're going into, let's say, a highly, a church that feels that you need to wear a skirt down to your toes and you need to have, you know, something up to your neck, you can't show any skin or maybe the men have to wear no beards, no, you know, tattoos. If you have a tattoo on your arm, maybe just wear a long sleeve shirt or something like that. It's because you want to win some. It's not because you feel that having the tattoo or the beard or, you know, the heels or the makeup is wrong. It's that you're trying to buy all means win some. So he's giving them wisdom for how to win people, not how to, uh, not whether they should use a gift or walk in their calling or purpose. And we have to remember that Paul is not telling you that you get to forbid someone from walking in their calling. Okay. We can't do that. I don't care who we are, because if you think you can forbid oh, um, someone from walking and say the calling of being a, a prophet or a teacher, then someone could possibly forbid you from walking in the calling of being a pastor. No, we can't do it. It's all through the Spirit of God working together to feed and fitly joint together the body of Christ. So I hope that this blesses you and you've learned from it. I pray that you pass it along and let people know, you know, you don't have to find all these different scriptures in the Bible. Just know it's a calling from God. So no man appoints it and no man can take it away or tell you how and when to use it. So I want to thank you so much. I pray this blesses you, whether you're a woman or a man, you're a child or teenager, whatever age you're in. I pray that God helps you to walk in the calling and have courage to walk out the purpose of your life. God bless you. Bye.